Well, top of the morning to you. <laughs> <laughs> this is our wrestling tribute to St. Patty's Day. And I, I am Angelo Odisipio. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Welcome to Wrestling with the Future, everybody. Tonight, uh, I'm joined by my co-host, as I am each and every week, Amelia Cracker Jacker. <laughs> Amelia Cracker Jacker Jackman, how you doing? Good, how are you? I'm, feeling, <laughs> I'm, I'm getting some of Scott Casey's leftover right now. That's what I was gonna say. Did he got a forge? I'll tell everybody in a minute. And we are also joined by a longtime friend of the show. He is a, a walking encyclopedia. This man, Nikita Brezhnikov. He is the really? author of uh, When It Was Real. You see oh. it up on your screen and behind me, okay. When It Was Real. I should thank tell you. people, Nikki, first of all, Nikita, thank you for uh, for joining us on literally the 11th hour's notice. Yes, um, thank you so much. I should tell people that uh, we had scheduled and we're advertising Scott Teal, a, a noted wrestling author. Scott Teal was supposed to be with us, but Scott... Uh, and then we give him kudos, had a, a commitment to his church group that mm -hmm. comes first before the show. And uh, and we applaud Scott for putting God first. And uh, that's the way it should be. And so um, joining us tonight is Nikita Brezhnikov to talk about Nikki, some of the greatest Irish wrestlers of all time. Sounds like a good plan. Yes. And there's been a few of them. There's been a few of them. Uh, what do you know about... Uh, the history of Irish wrestlers, uh, in particularly the northeast uh, of the country. Well, I'm going to throw the biggest name out to both of you, McMahon. How about that one? Well, there you go. Yeah, and he wrestles. He counts, Vince. Mm -hmm. you, you don't get any mm -hmm. more Irish than than that. Yep. First of all, a vast difference between McMahon generations. Certainly, yes. mm -hmm. Vince McMahon Sr., uh, affectionately referred to as the old man, mm -hmm. um, and, and he was a great guy. But uh, And then there's, of course, Vince Jr., um, who took mm -hmm. what his father created and pretty much decimated it, mm -hmm. um, and in the process created a billion-dollar empire. Now, I don't know if that's good or bad. You know, they say, what profit a man to gain the world and lose your soul. But I'll tell you what, I really think that Vince uh, did as much damage to the wrestling business as uh, as he did good. Uh, but he certainly is uh, probably the most famous Irishman in wrestling. Let's just be honest about it. Nikita's right. Amen. You know, Absolutely. But Mr. Uh, I'll tell Mr. you, we, yes, we have to pay tribute to, on this on this special day to uh, to some of the best Irish wrestlers of all time. You know, when you think of Irish wrestlers, of course, you know the first thing that comes to my mind is a friend of uh, a mutual friend of of Nikki and I, uh, our friend Davey O'Hannon. Yes, mm -hmm. and uh, and of course, you know, I I broke in good, okay, because my first match was. Davey O'Hannon and Irish Pat Barrett. So mm -hmm. you don't get any more Irish than that. <laughs> no. <laughs> Madison Square Garden, Nikki, 1974. Beautiful. Irish Pat Barrett and uh, Irish Davey O'Hannon. Now, see, this so, is a uh, good segue because, and you and I have talked about this on my page, I do not dislike Irish Pat Barrett. I never said I dislike him. I right. did not like the team of Dominic Danucci and Irish Pat Barrett after Victor Rivera left. It was like, you're going to give us this guy, Irish Pat Barrett, after Victor Rivera? It ain't flying, man. No, yeah. man. <laughs> Especially in an area. And, and Nikki, we have to be, you know, we have to be upfront about it. The Northeast is a very territorial area. Sure. Puerto Ricans, Italians, mm -hmm. Greeks, uh, you know. It's it's the UN, yes, you know, mm -hmm. and no shortage of Irishmen for sure. But by that point, you and I both agree that Pat Barrett was well beyond his years at that point. Wrestling, he started 
his career in 1958-59. And we're talking about, you know, he's still wrestling mid-70s, late-70s. Right. So I think he overstayed his welcome just a bit. In fact, Nikki, uh, there's going to be a couple of pictures you'll see tonight. I'm sure you'll have something to say about it. So without any further ado, mm-hmm. um, let's just get right into our little slideshow. We got a lot to talk about tonight, okay? All right. Nikita, take a look at this. I was thinking of Velvet. You better believe it. That's perfect. Yes. She Velvet is McIntyre. She's a sweetheart and a great worker. Yes, she now, this is. Guy, I, I've got nothing on him. I have no idea. This is Seamus, believe it or yeah. not. And and you can check this out for yourself, honest mm-hmm. to God. Yes. He is the number one ranked, the number one Irish wrestler of all time. Yes, he held I can't the make this up. Four times he held the world championship belt for WWE. Yeah, sure did. Mm-hmm. Sure did. And and number and ranked number one. Ranked number one. Friend. Irish Pat Barrett. Now, mm-hmm. Nikki, you'll notice that the that he let the hair grow out for a bit. Um, he's the that's guy the in his man. early. Yeah, that's Irish Pat Barrett, mm-hmm. you're gonna, and you're going to see in a moment. Shoot. For sure. Honestly, mm-hmm. I can't make. This I, up. Would, I would have lost money on that one. Wow. Yeah, mm-hmm. they yeah. he let his hair grow out. He's okay now. He's 52 years old in this picture. Okay. He's 50, uh, 52, 53 in this photo. Taken at like 79, 80-ish around there. Mm-hmm. Um, right before the dawn of the Hulk Hogan era, right? And clearly out of his element. You can see that. But again, a guy that wasn't afraid to, um, how you want to say, uh, reinvent himself. Uh-huh. Yeah. Because you're going to see, uh, and another guy here that wasn't afraid to reinvent himself was uh, Dave Finley, uh, also uh, called Finley. Gotcha. Interesting guy here, Nikki. What do you know about the Jordan Devlin? Absolutely nothing. Yeah, I, what do you know about I'm no good with the with the new generation. I know nothing of them. Yeah, well, you're not alone in that, brother. I had to <laughs> I had to do my research. I really did. <laughs> You know, God bless all of them for stepping in there. Mm-hmm. But, uh, mm-hmm. you know, I, yeah. I shut the door for, and look at it, this guy. He looks kind of thin, but I guess he can get it done. Yeah. Well, this is um, Finn Baylor. Um, he's kind of the thing right now. Finn Baylor. Amelia, yeah. what do you know about Finn? Yeah, he's uh, upcoming, uh, barely getting started, but he's really trying to get up there with the, become. Famous, he's uh, he looks just almost like the other guy that you were sh- uh, just shown. They kind of yeah, look like brothers, kinda, he sure does. He kind of mm-hmm. reminds you of the Jordan Devlin. Mm-hmm. Interesting, Finn Bale is a guy who made a little noise and then kind of mm-hmm. you know, kinda like they do in WWE, they mm-hmm. uh, they kind of pulled them off the rails a bit. Killing yeah. Dane, Nikki, this is another guy from NXT, Killing Dane. Uh-huh. Um. There seems to be, for whatever reason, Nikita, a uh, an influx of young, strapping Irish lads mm-hmm. making their way through NXT. You're going to see uh, several of them tonight. Interesting. Uh, Killian Dane is one. He's an interesting guy because people really like him, but he's not kind of, um, mm-hmm. he's really not a face. He's kind of like a heel. Yeah. Or Dave Finley, this is how I remember Finley. Yeah. Yeah, he Did actually, Finley trained Cena and Orton Tristratus was one yep. of the ones he actually trained. An amazing trainer, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's what I heard or know mm-hmm. him more for as a trainer than anything. Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. Now, these two guys uh, are not Irish at all, but I just like Mm-mm. the crusher and bruiser. <laughs> <laughs> and so that's why I threw them in. And how can you not love Crusher and Bruiser? And I you love know? the name Dick the Bruiser. I mean, one yeah. of the all-time classics. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Great guys, I'll and, tell you what. And how many uh, names does he have on his roll call? Yeah. yeah, brother, no kidding, right? Eddie Sharkey. 
This is the guy who, um, if you don't know who Eddie Sharkey is, he's the guy who gave us Rick Rude, mm -hmm. uh, Kurt Henning. He gave yes. us the Road Warriors, Hawk and Animal. He mm -hmm. gave us um, uh, oh, uh, oh, Barry Darso. Yes. Um, of uh, of demolition, he gave us, uh, and also Crusher Kusha. Mm -hmm. He gave us uh, one. Oh, who else did he give us? Oh, the uh, the Warlord. Thank yes. you. And he one more, Bob Backlund. Bob mm -hmm. Backlund, hot mm -hmm. damn! Mm -hmm. And you know what? It's funny you should say that, Nikita, because old Mister Backlund is coming up. He's coming up. Yeah, shortly. I, th I thought he was Irish. I wasn't positive. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and he uh, always marched in the parade. Well, uh, Becky Lynch, I mean, I, I've seen her because she's you know good looking, mm -hmm. but I don't know much about her. Dano, yeah, Dano O'Mahony. This okay. is the gentleman I told you about. Now, look at the builds back then, and yeah. this guy can break those yeah. kids in half, I'm sure. Yeah, and it's funny because this is the only known photo of him. Yeah. It's the only known photo of Dano O'Mahony um, in wrestling attire. I can find nothing else other than he was quite the thing back in the day. There's not a whole lot on him. He wrestled in the 40s mm -hmm. through the early 50s, and then he just disappeared kind of as quickly as he came. He passed away in a real bad car accident on November 3rd in 1956, if I'm not uh, mistaken. Oh, that's okay. That explains it. Yeah. There again is Jordan Devlin looking very much like Finn Balor. Mm -hmm. And that's another thing that uh, that concerns me, Nikita, is that these guys look like each other. Mm -hmm. And they got to be junior heavyweight division. Yes, that's a yeah. junior heavyweight, I believe. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, absolutely. You know... There's, you know what? It, it, here you go. Two Irish lads together, Backlund and Valentine. No, not Valentine. No. No, Polska. Polska Valentine. Oh, oh my God. Yeah. Vizhnevsky is his real name. Yes. Mm -hmm. For the record, for the record, I searched the greatest Irish wrestlers of all time, and Greg Valentine was on the list. Yes. Really? He was on the list. <laughs> yeah. Wild. Yes, sir. But That's, the Bob Backlund, I kind of thought was, yeah. Bob Backlund was one of those guys, Nikki. You know, you and I have seen him probably oof. five or six dozen times in person, probably at least. Yes. And Bob always looked like his body never matched his head. He just had this muscular body. But looked like a doofus. But man, he could work. Now I Bob know he could really work. In the St. Patrick's Day parades in Boston for many a year too. After he was out of the business. Yeah. Rebecca Quinn, of course, Becky Lynch. Uh, she is truly Irish. One Take of my favorite. Pe yep, one of my favorite people in mm -hmm. the world. A true Irishman, Richard Dick the Bulldog Brower. And thank He's you for my... that picture, because that's when he was Bulldog Brower. Yes, and uh, of course we, you know, we remember Bulldog was one of the first unorthodox. Here you go. Here's the yeah. one. <laughs> one of the first unorthodox wrestlers that kind of um, threw caution to the wind. This guy, he just didn't care. Nope. You know, the, he just the seventy-nine. Again, the seventy-nine yeah. one was painful to watch. I wish. Yeah. They had there you go, oh, and Nikita again. Um, now Irish, I yeah, I remember Irish that Pat Barrett. Now I could see how he would transform, like maybe four or five years in, or more into the future. But I get it now. Okay. Yeah, he was pulling the hair out. You know, he was doing the whole um, trying to remember. You know, it, it was really sad to watch too. Kind of like it was with Spiros Arion. You know, as he when he was getting older, it was painful to watch him get older because he didn't want to let go. It seemed like, and of course, and we're back to the beginning with the, you know, with Velvet. But uh, interestingly enough, Nikki, um, you know, you had these. Um, I'm going to put Nikki over here. 
you had these um, these people we've come to know. A lot of them, you know, we that I had no idea that some of them were an Irish. Quite frankly, it's interesting though. Even in in the kayfabe generation, when you put in uh, Irish wrestlers and a guy like Valentine pops up, who's Polish, <laughs> Polish, yes. and I had no idea he was Polish. Now here's a couple of other names. You know, Blackjack Mulligan was supposed to be Irish. He's got the name, even mm. though Wyndham was his birth name, but. Because he yeah. had a, a pub, I believe, up in, in New Jersey. Because I look, I did some research on it. Because I'm thinking, you know, Mulligan, would they would he have carried that? It's possible that he was. Kevin Sullivan certainly was. Mm -hmm. Yeah, but now, what I know about Kevin Sullivan is only his WWF run, which it wasn't much, you know. And then yeah. whatever in Florida, I don't have any idea. I never saw Florida. Yeah, yeah. Well, I, I, I know that Kevin had some talks with Vince McMahon. I know that he never actually wrestled for Vince Jr. He did wrestle for Vince Sr. pre-WWF days. Right. So Worldwide Wrestling Federation. Um, he wrestled some matches at the Philadelphia Arena. Uh, of course, certainly Madison Square Garden, Boston Garden for sure, that we know. Uh, and I believe before the uh, Baltimore Civic Center, he may have actually wrestled at the Cap Center in Maryland. Yes. yes. And so that's what I know about Kevin. Uh, Kevin is, is certainly a legend in the wrestling business. Even now, he is uh, he's regarded as the elder statesman. Of uh, of pro wrestling, and as he should be, he's uh, he and JJ Dillon are probably uh, akin to like the uh, the president and vice president of wrestling, if you want to call it like that. Uh, they certainly are between the two of them a treasure trove of information and knowledge for certain. Uh, JJ alone is I could I could just sit back. You know, Nikki, and uh, and listen to J.J. Dillon just talk about his career, you know. But uh, but what do you know about um, the plight of Irish wrestlers, Nikki? Not much, other than, you know, it was another gimmick on the menu, which was fine. I mean, it's right. not anybody, but, I mean, what, when you say Irish Davey O'Hannon, and yeah, he was the Texas Brass Knuckles champion. I don't think they developed him well enough, only because there wasn't room and time. They were right. overloaded with a lot of talent at that time. And it was kind of like, and maybe he didn't have a sponsor. You needed a sponsor, yeah. you know this. Okay, behind the door. Oh, God, yeah, sure. To really push and get you up there. But, you know. Uh, people now, what do you know about Pat McGinnis? Because he was a real tough son of a bitch inside and out. Yeah, and yeah. That's what stopped him in his tracks. I understand he had a big mouth and was ready to go at it with any everybody and anybody. And that was like, I'll tell you what I know. Actually, um, Ron Fuller, the Tennessee stud, Ron Fuller was here on the show. That in fact, just about a year ago, around this time. Talked about a guy, might have been McGinnis, it might have been uh, Pat McGinnis that he spoke of. That was, I, and I've, correct me if I'm wrong, I, I, and, and I don't think I am though. Didn't Pat McGinnis go from town to town challenging the local tough guys? I believe that's true, yes. I Because if that's the case, then, then Ron, Ron Fuller, Tennessee stud Ron Fuller, told that story of his grandfather working with Pat McGinnis in different towns in the Midwest, they would earn a living like that. Uh, uh, for lack of a better word, how do I want to say, extracting the local tough guy, you know, bringing him out, so to speak, mm -hmm. um, and then working in tandem, I believe is what mm -hmm. they used to do. Uh, you know, it's, it's no secret in wrestling, folks, and, mm -hmm. and that wrestling came from the carnival, so... It should be no secret that there were shills involved at some point. 
Mm. So back in the day, just to give away a little wrestling history here, um, shills were often used to extract the tough guy. And then the shooter would come in behind him, beat the guy up, take their money and go to the next town. That's what Pat McGinnis used to do. Makes sense. Yes. Yeah. So that's what I know about Pat. Now, I'm going to throw another name. Yes, sir. I'm not sure that he's Irish, but Dave McGintney, the bear man. I'm not sure, but it sounds like he could be. And we all know the bear man. Yeah, brother, you got me on that one. That, that, that's, mm-hmm. that's beyond me. I thought I knew a lot. <laughs> wow. God rest his soul, but uh, he was instrumental in the Valiant Brothers becoming the Valiant Brothers. Because he passed the information on to Bobby Heenan, who got the information to Dick the Bruiser, and that they had a tryout. Jimmy was already established as Jimmy Valiant. So yes. Johnny's running around as John Sullivan. So yes. September the 7th, 1973, in Pittsburgh, Bruno and Dick the Bruiser, they're going to have a tag match. So they said, all right, bring these guys in. Let's let's put them together. Let's see what yeah. they look like. And because I, I got the, in my, and when it was real, I've got the clip from that night. And it was John L. Sullivan and Jimmy Valiant. And when Dick the Bruiser saw them in action, he's like, you're coming with me to Chicago next week. And that was it. They went to WGN, yeah. they were on television, and whoosh, they took off. I'm smiling, Nick, because um, as you're telling that story, I'm recalling that story. It's actually in Jimmy's book. It's actually in Jimmy Valiant's book called Woo Mercy Daddy, the Jimmy Valiant story. Um, I know this because I'm in Jimmy's book also, page 564. Very um, good. <laughs> yeah. Jimmy put me in this book. I was so proud. Um, it's interesting. He, he told that story. And again, it's uh, you know perhaps serendipitous that the Crusher and Bruiser were, uh, were in our video presentation tonight. Um, because Jimmy has said on the show many times, and he said in many interviews, were it not for Dick the Bruiser and to some extent the Crusher, uh, there might not have been a Jimmy Valiant. You may not know who he is now. Exactly. Chicago uh, was hot. It, It was a hotbed. Actually, when Fred Kohler was running Chicago, he was part of the NWA, and he broke away with Vince and Toots Month, and then they went and formed the WWWF. And yeah. They got, yep. I don't know what the heat was all about, but, you know, oh, I know what it was, uh, the Fez. They didn't want Fez. When yeah, he, it, was, when he it, had all, it had everything to do with Sam Mushnick um, wanted the National Wrestling Alliance to be recognized as the singular championship in the world. And he wanted to make sure that his money was on Luthez. He cultivated Luthez as a champion. He had been around a long time. By that point, and we're talking 1962, Luthez was up in years then. Yeah. When I met Luthez and we had lunch together, he was in his 80s. He was, I don't know, 81, 82. You know, I believe he was anyway. I have the, I actually have the photos. Um, and if you give me a second, I'll, I'll actually get them. But uh, uh, yeah, I actually have uh, pictures with Luthez. Very good. Yeah. And then, and, and, and see, I, the story I heard was that they didn't think he would be marketable. Kind of like exactly. Vince with Bob Backlund. It's like, all right, we're going to be doing this entertainment thing. Do you want to do something? And Backlund's like, no, I'm Bob Backlund. I'm a wrestler. I don't do yeah. any of this other stuff. So it's like, okay, see ya. Here's your ticket. You're gone. Yeah. And I think that's what happened with this. So they gave it to Buddy Rogers as their first champion. And then, I don't know, here's where the you can catch all kind of hell over it. Did Buddy Rogers have a heart attack? Did Bruno put no. him in the backbreaker? You know, I don't know. But only a couple people know what really happened. We were. Well, I'm going to break K-Fave for you. I know what happened. 
Uh, Buddy faked a heart attack. He did not have a heart attack. Um, Bruno had validated and verified that Buddy wrestled every night up until that night. And even the night before the garden show. He wrestled all that week. They would never, and you know, Nikita, the New York State Athletic Commission, even in fact, more so then, more so then, because they actually considered it a sport then, mm-hmm. that the commission would never have allowed Buddy Rogers to step foot in that ring in the garden. Agreed. They would never have let him in. They wouldn't have let him in the building. And if if you listen to Buddy Rogers' story, which is fucking ludicrous, part of my first f bomb of the night, sorry, sorry, <laughs> is that they said he he said that they brought him into the garden on a stretcher. Oh my! Well, God. that's absolutely ludicrous. They would have never did that, especially in New York. They had an athletic mm. commission. You understand what we're talking about? An athletic commission. Oh yeah. Okay, and, and they weren't on the take, and they didn't like people that were on the take. No, and they were not smart back then because Nikolai told me a lot of the times the referees weren't even smart. They didn't know what no. they, 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 they weren't were. smart, and that and Bruno validated that fact as well that the uh, the referees were licensed, certified New York State Athletic Commission personnel. Yes. Then many of them didn't even know the rules of wrestling. They just knew count the pin, count the corner. That's it. Count the five, count the three. And that you know, they they pin or they kick out. Mm-hmm. And you had some tough son of a bitches like Danny Barkfield. You can pick up a lot of his comments with the ring mics. I mean, he didn't take any shit. You know, he no. wanted you to break. He wanted you break. That's it. Mm-hmm. You're out. Yeah. And it was like, yeah. I like that. It gives the legitimacy to the whole thing. And that's perfect. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. So I call, what it true, I call it true fiction because it's like, you know, it had to be organized and controlled. Otherwise, yeah. you'd have a new champion every couple of days. Or it, yes. Yeah, right. I know. But they're still in there. They're still competing. <laughs> they're still very physical. And yeah. Just, played out beautiful yeah well they get hurt one of the two you see behind me uh most people watching this right now can see behind me nikita's book cover when it was real Mm -hmm. um again we were supposed to have scott teal tonight and what you're looking at is a hodgepodge of scott teal's books among them when it was real uh mostly written by nikita brezhnikov and even scott teal says that Yes, and the reason it says with, I can elaborate, we collaborated for about two years on the project. Yeah. And because Scott said, you know, Nikita, with your vernacular, it's written like police reports. This will never work. Let me take it (laughs) and manipulate it. I said, yeah, beautiful. He said, you know, I'll run everything by you. We never had a crossword or any arguments. It's like... Everything is here. So that's perfect. I thank him because Scott said, you know, I'm more of a Southern boy. I, I don't really know a lot about the East Coast, but I'm learning. Yeah. So he actually edited the book for free. We had an editor do the official editing for the yeah. vernacular of it all, Jason Priestley. But the, uh, you know, Scott was like, I'm really enjoying this. But he enlightened me on some things like Ken Patera in 1978, when I believed he was injured, it's like, oh, no, Nikita, he was in Charlotte that night. He yeah. got mad and said, screw yeah. you. He wanted to have the belt. He was another yeah. one. You know, Superstar didn't want to give it to Backlund, and Patera felt like he should have got it. It's like, guys, 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 it oh, doesn't man. work like that. Patera, you had a run. You're at the end of the yeah. run. Oh, Superstar <laughs> hated Bob. Uh-huh. <laughs> You know, for hey, all the guys that get up there and scream, if they would have turned him face, he could have gone on. It's like, wait a minute. We're talking about the guy that stole the belt from the most beloved champion in history from Bruno. You can't just have us accept this guy now after Bruno chasing him for a year. It's like, yeah, yeah exactly. I and, believe I fervently believe even 
today, even to this day, how many years later, Nikita, right? Yes. That if they had allowed, if you know, the, the problem was, and I, I guess it's a problem to us fans, but it wasn't a problem to Vince McMahon Sr. Because the, they said if the man gave you his word, he, he was a man of his word. If he shook hands, mm-hmm. you know, it was like it was like a concrete. It wasn't going to broke. OK, no, no. Here's the thing, though. <laughs> he promised Bob Backlund he'd be champion. You're right. He gave him a date and he gave him a start date and an end date. And he stuck to it. And by yeah. God, he did. Yes. But the mm-hmm. problem is, had he forgot about that and listened to us fans at the time, I believe, and I really honestly believe it in my heart and soul, that next to Bruno, Superstar would have been the most beloved champion in history. With he Bruno was- and then Superstar right under him. Because Bruno... <laughs> He was untouchable. Right. You knew he was a face through and through. But what if, just a, and it's a big what if we could talk about if you want to, but what if Superstar, who was the most dreaded heel at that point, what if he turned face and avenged Bruno's enemies? And what if they joined together to tag? That could have been Amazing! That could have been historical. He was cool as a heel. We, you know, it's like a guy you you hate him for what he is, but he's too cool to really go all the way and hate. Because yeah, I know. He's fun to watch. And then one night in Baltimore, yeah, you can throw a t-shirt. Okay, that's fine. He took a seventy-five dollar leather cap and threw it to the crowd, and it's like, wow. And yeah. David, a guy named David Lopatin, who used to write for the uh, the, the wrestling uh, for the programs Norman Kleitzer would put out for the arenas. Mm-hmm, yeah, he did the local version. And he said, "Yeah, yeah." I talked to the guy that got the cap, and it's like this is a legitimate leather cap that Superstar threw out. It's like, yeah. wow, that's crazy. Mm-hmm. But he did it, you know. Yeah, seventy-five bucks for a cap was a lot of money yeah. back then. Yes, and it was. Walked to the ring with the guys. Because you were able to get close, the superstar would give you that flex, and you could feel his arm, and it's like he's cool. Yeah, you know that's it. He's just yeah. Cool. He was. Mm-hmm. He was. Th- this guy was. And I'm. I'm sorry, Amelia. No, you're fine. I'm. I'm was, learning a lot from you guys. Superstar Graham was twisted steel and sex appeal long before Gino Hernandez. <laughs> sorry, baby, but he was. <laughs> no, Absolutely. but I. I'm learning a lot from you guys too because it's like. When you were talking about you could get to Man. hear the wrestlers and stuff like that, because I remember going up to the Ultimate Warrior one time, and I remember I had turned eighteen, and he had they had come to Odessa, Texas, and were excited because finally we got wrestling here, and it was gonna be televised. And I remember going to the brick wall, and you could just just jump down, me and my friend Misty, and they were like, "Oh my God, there's Ultimate Warrior, how are you?" And there's the police, like, "Stay away, girls, stay away, girls." And he's like, "No, it's fine, it's fine, you can come down." He goes, "By the way, how old are you?" We're like eighteen. You got ID? Is like, yeah, why? <laughs> you want to make sure we're 18. And he goes, yeah, by you the way, we have ID. this. He asked you yeah. for ID? Yes, he did. He, the Ultimate Warrior did, yes. And he goes, oh my uh, God, he's Nikita, like, you just that? to make sure. And uh, he says, we're staying at the so-and-so hotel. You guys can come over later. And I'm like, aren't you married? He goes, does it matter? I'm like, uh, oh, no, I guess God. not. And, oh, jeez. Yes. And we were like, I guess we'll see you later then. He goes, yeah, but we never showed up. But it was like, oh, my God. telling tales out of school. Oh, my God. <laughs> but can you believe Holy that? Crap. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Can we believe it, Edge? I don't know, man. <laughs> <laughs> but we looked at each other like, okay. So we left. But, I mean, can you believe that? I was like, you got ID? It's like, why would he ask that? Fascinating. Fascinating. Mm-hmm. Nikita, something like that would never happen today. No, never nothing like that no, today. today. That's for sure. It's it's uh, mm-hmm. definitely, you know, you got good and bad, and today everybody is watched. Yeah, you know, they try to stay on best behavior. Where years ago, it's like well, you traveled on your own, right? The company yeah. wasn't paying for your transportation, so you did no. whatever you wanted in between. 
Yeah, not even for your meals or hotels, nothing. You pay for all of that on your own. Two more names out. Rick McGraw. Mm -hmm. Oh, God, yeah. You know, Mm -hmm. this guy, unfortunately, I think if he was two or three inches taller, he would have been a superstar. He was just Mm -hmm. too big. Yeah, quick draw, Rick McGraw. Um, Yes, I remember that name. That that story mm-hmm. was a young young guy from uh, from South Carolina, yep. um, Jack to the Gills, Jack yes. to the Gills. What um, a powerhouse! Whoa, yeah, big thing. Uh, small guy, five seven, mm-hmm. five maybe maybe five eight, but I don't even think mm-hmm. he was five eight. No, almost um, not yet. Short guy, but just jacked up. I mean, um, really Bruno was golf. pushing it. Bruno was about five nine with lifts, you know, and that's like, yeah, okay, that's it. But he he was the gorilla. He could kill you. you oh know, my god, yeah. <laughs> but McGraw was pretty solid, without a doubt. Yeah. But I think he was too pumped. Whereas mm-hmm. Bruno had the look of, oh my god, if this guy's Bruno mad at was him, a brute. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and that's the thing, Nikki. Bruno was a brute. Amelia, do you know who Bruno was? Yes. Okay, mm-hmm. um, and you and you, of course, you know who Rick McGraw was. Yes, um, Bruno was. He wasn't like cut muscular, but mm-hmm. he was just a big, solid powerhouse, barrel-chested. Yes. He had traps on his neck that looked yeah, like, it was like they looked yeah. like boulders. Yeah, mm-hmm. he was, but he could hurt you, like yeah. legit hurt you. When you would see him in street clothes, then it was like, holy shit. You'd have to shoot <laughs> You were guy. like, what is that, yeah. padding? But it's exactly. not really. Padding. I don't think a gun <laughs> would stop him either. It's funny because no. Bruno's one of the few guys that looked bigger in his street clothes than he did in his yeah. wrestling uh, trunks. I think he had to but have those special made, I think. Rick McGraw was a, was a sad case. Uh, Rick McGraw, mm-hmm. again, he was pumped to the gills, but it wasn't a natural pump. No, he had uh, he he was a you know he was a a, a steroid um, yes. advocate. He he took them a lot of them apparently. Um, the um, the story at the time was that he had a heart attack. Uh, you know, in the ring that that wasn't the case. What happened was he broke his neck in the ring. Yeah, uh, in a match with Roddy Piper. In fact, mm-hmm. it was after that Roddy Piper went away for a few years. Mm-hmm. If you remember, hmm. he went away for almost three years and didn't return for about three years mm-hmm. um, because he couldn't deal with the fact that he, for all intents and purposes, he killed his guy. Uh, is is basically what happened. Um, that segue. From Rick McGraw to Roddy Piper uh, was intentional because we are going to have Roddy's daughter Ariel on the Yay. show in about two weeks. Beautiful. Ariel Toombs will be with us here, thanks to Greg Gilbert, the Python from Python's Paradise. Thank you, Greg. I love you more than pizza. And uh, we will have uh, Mr. Piper's daughter here, and we'll talk to her a little bit and. Um, but but Roddy had a real hard time dealing with that. He blamed himself for Rick McGraw's passing. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if you ever heard that before, Nikki. But that's that's a shoot. No, no yeah, I, that's, know. I know McGraw had a broken neck, but I didn't know the circumstances. Well, the problem was he broke his neck at a live event, and he was in recuperation for it, and he and then he was away for a long time. He came back to wrestle against doctor's advice, AMA, against medical advice. Mm-hmm. And his first match back was with Roddy Piper. As fate would have it. And that re, re-broke his neck. I was going to say re-injured, but no, it didn't injure his neck. It broke it. Mm-hmm. His neck was broke in that ring. Mm-hmm. When they carried that man out of the ring that night on TV, he was gone. He was already gone, um, you know, and uh, so, yeah, sad case. Yes, absolutely. But a lesson to be learned. Yes. If you can't wrestle, don't please, please don't. 
If you're injured, if you're hurt, don't work. Your health is far more important, far too important. The body is so unforgiving. It's like, yes, you may be okay in your 20s and 30s, mm-hmm. but 40, you start to know no. it's 50, forget it. It's a train wreck. 60s, you're in agony. It's like, yeah, it's never going to leave you. You're taking this body to the grave with you, so you better take mm-hmm. good care of it. Oh, definitely. Yeah, absolutely. Now, I got one more name. See yes, if sir. You know anything about this guy, Ange? His, he went by Irish Terry Gunn. Definitely jobber all name. the way. Yes, sir. That I, I know that name. 1981. And he wore a lot of Irish gimmick, even as a jobber, which was yeah. kind of like this is over the top. And he ain't going anywhere, but. He was on TV in the arenas quite a bit for... I remember Irish Terry Dunn, and I'll tell you the, the match that I remember the most because he got the shit beat out of him. Um, Irish Terry Dunn versus Big Bobby Duncan. Woo! And mm. Bobby Duncan decimated him, crushed him like a beer can. <laughs> he just decimated this poor guy. An enhancement guy, yes. A good enhancement guy, absolutely. And... And for his time, a kind of a colorful character for uh, an enhancement guy. Back when they were called, you know, you used the word jobber. You know, there are people who will get mad at you now for saying jobber. Those guys took it as a badge of honor, man. It was a badge of honor to be called a jobber. A jobber was literally one who did a job. And for those of you who don't know, let's get a little... History and wrestling semantics here. Jabaroni is an Italian word, means one who does a job. From that, Jabaroni became Jabroni. That's where we get Jabroni. How do we know? Jabroni is a jobber. Why? Because jobber comes from the derivative. Deriv- deriv- <laughs> I'll get it. Hold on. From the derivative of Jabroni. Anyway, I have digressed now. <laughs> let, let me make something very clear. Yes, sir. Ooh, hold on, let me let me cut that yep. off because that, that was my original or very clear. Everybody did it. Chief put over Waldo Von Erich in 1975 in yeah. 39 seconds. It was yeah. the job. He was gonna go do it because the chief he I was Dear friends with him, Amelia, at the last uh-huh. 10 years of his life. So he said, I I said, well, look, Walter, if we're going to do it, let's do it right. You uh-huh. just jump me from behind. I'll still have all my gear on. I'll go over the top, and that's it. And then Bruno came out, helped uh-huh. carry Chief back to the dressing room. Guess who Bruno wrestled the next month? Waldo Von Eric. Von Eric, yes. Wow. Job for somebody. You had to. Absolutely. Wow. Absolutely. I remember seeing Chief first time I ever got up close enough to pat him on the back. He was my hand stuck to his back because he was a sweaty mess. It was at the Cherry Hill Arena. It mentioned, by the way, probably the only place you'll hear the Cherry Hill Arena mentioned is in the Kita Brezhnikov's book when it was real. Because nobody else knows the Cherry Hill Arena was. (laughs) <laughs> but it was a great, it was a hockey venue. It was the home of the New Jersey Devils at that time farm club hockey team. Now, the New Jersey Devils are a legit NHL team, you know, yeah. with all the bells and whistles. Mm-hmm. But that place was great for wrestling. It was perfect for wrestling. And it was That's, either uh, probably promoted or co-promoted by Gorilla Monsoon because that was his backyard too. Well, it's funny because um, it was Gorilla did work that. And remember, Buddy Wagner, Charles oh, yeah. Buddy Wagner mm-hmm. was. It's funny, and I, I had this conversation with Gary Capetta. Buddy Wagner was out front taking the tickets. Wow! Right? Yeah. And it was interesting, the psychology, again, the psychology of wrestling, how it works. You got to see this guy out front taking the ticket money. You saw him on TV. And then when the show started, you saw him in the middle of the ring with the microphone. So you already had a relationship with him. 
Okay, people didn't understand it. That's what wrestling is. It's a symbiotic relationship between the participants and the fans. Oh yeah. We could get close to the chief and gorilla and yes. Bruno. Mm-hmm. You can't get near these guys now. Not, not anymore. You can't. Arrested. They'll well, throw you in jail for stalking somebody or trying to mm-hmm. they're trying to attack someone. It's craziness. And it was taken so seriously. When oh you my say God! Yeah. There were stabbings like Blackjack Mulligan up in Boston, mm-hmm. May fifteenth, nineteen seventy-one. But they came, Amelia. Not it just wasn't spurred a moment. The guy that mm-hmm. stabbed him had dipped the knife in pig fat before he came to the what? arena. So when they stabbed him, he developed he's, a horrible infection. He's <gasps> telling you the truth. Oh, he's my gosh. And had Gorilla Monsoon that acted quickly and wrapped his leg with a towel, he might have bled to death. Yeah. Oh, my God. He developed a bad infection because of the pig yeah. fat. And uh, Mulligan was out for about three months. So then Bruno brought him into the garden and worked with him when he started to get back on his feet and give him a quick payday. Yeah. Because it's like, man, oh my it, gosh. It, it worked oh, yeah. paid, you know? Yeah, he's telling Jeez. you the truth. That's absolutely true. Oh, my absolutely God. True. Yeah. Arion was stabbed in the Philadelphia arena. It wasn't severe, but he got stabbed mm-hmm. in the chest on his way back because they had yeah. turned on Bruno and Chief. It's like, mm. we were crazy. We were into well, it. We loved and hated at the same mm-hmm. time. Jimmy Valiant was on the show. Talking about how Jeez. people, when he came out of the Philadelphia arena, mm-hmm. how people were throwing bricks at his car. Jeez. You, now, remember something. The parking for the uh, for the boys was in the back of the arena. Yes, right. The public okay. parked up front and on the side. But mm-hmm. the boys came in the back, right? The dressing so rooms were, right? know where they were coming in at. Mm-hmm. And the, a lot of the fans, especially the smarter fans at the time, they would like get there early and like hang out by the fence because the parking lot in the back of the arena was fenced in. They didn't have anything blocking the fence or it was just a regular no. fence? No, it was you could wow. scale it. The, the, you remember something? You're in the city, Philly. Mm-hmm. That, that was half the fun to get there early and watch mm-hmm. them come in. Yeah, mm-hmm. Nikki knows I, what I'm, I'm talking about. Fan now, this is what we did. Because I'll tell you what, I'm positive I met The Rock when he was a little kid. Because mm-hmm. in Baltimore, you had to push the bell and it would ring inside and then they would lift the door. It would come mm-hmm. up. So Rocky mm-hmm. Johnson pulls up and he's got a little kid with him. It had to be his son. So yeah. it's like, I don't know who else he'd be traveling with. So I, I probably met The Rock when he was a little kid. So mm-hmm. I'll, I'll push the button. Of course, they called his father Rock at that time, Rocky Johnson. So I pushed the Amelia, mm-hmm. keep Nikita occupied for a minute. Folks, I'm going to excuse myself for just a second. I'm going to come back with some pictures. Okay. Good, pictures, <laughs> pictures. But see, there was a double-edged sword because uh-huh. you didn't want to, you don't want to miss the action so you wouldn't leave your seat. But Whoever was on last had to face the wrath of the crowd. So one night, it was oh, Ivan Koloff, poor Uncle uh-huh. Ivan, who uh-huh. he was a dear, sweet man, but he played a horrible villain in the ring, and he did uh-huh. it well. So it was near the end. It said, we hear the door start to come up. It's like, who is it? Who is it? So, uh-huh. Somebody said, it's Koloff. Everybody gets oh, their yeah. ammunition ready, and he could hear him. Oh, coming. no. These crazy bastards. <laughs> as soon as that door just cleared the hood, he took uh-huh. off. He's getting hit with everything like a machine gun. He went oh to the on a major venue to get away from the crazy fans of Baltimore. Oh my gosh. Because at the that, Coliseum, that, that where I know what you're talking about, because we didn't have any fencing in where, with the Coliseum. There'd only be the side doors for the guy, the heels would come in, and the other, the good guys would come in. So there was a security, they'd just knock on the door. That's how the wrestlers would come in. The security guard would stand right there just in a regular seat, and he'd let everybody in. We'd come in, and we'd be like, me and Lucy Rodriguez would come in because she would be with Manny Fernandez, so she'd let us, they'd let us in because we were with her. We're like, hey, hello, we were here. So they let us us in, and then so he'd hurry up. They said, hurry up, hurry up, because they'd you know, make sure we had tickets. Well, we don't have tickets, so they'd go, okay, come on in. Oh, that's how we'd get in. There was no fencing around. Nikki. So, Philadelphia yes, Spectrum, Nikki. Yes, sir. Show starts Bro, at eight o'clock at night. Okay. The show starts at eight o'clock at night. 
Yes. This photo was taken at two o'clock in the afternoon. Oh wow. That's Hulk Hogan. That's how early we used to get there. Cal Rudman. Wow. That's uh, that's yeah, Hulk Hogan and uh, Cal Rudman. It's it's interesting you should say that because Cal Rudman was was my mentor. Cal was the guy that got me. That used to get my uh, that that sent me um, backstage passes. He was the guy that got me in. Here's another one for you, Nikki. So you get there at two o'clock in the afternoon, and it was eight o'clock at night. Was when it was start. There's myself, Fred Blassie, Killer Kowalski, and my niece. Wow. Wow. You got some good company there, brother. Yes, sir. That is cool. Wow. Here's uh, cool. here's a name from the, the past, Colt Steele from the National Wrestling Alliance. Wow. Here's one for you, Nikki. Lou Thez. Wow. Oh, wow. There he is. I got another one of Lou Thez for you, Nikki, one of your favorite people. Check this out. Dennis Carluzzo. Hey, my man, Dennis. Where's the Rest ice? Rest in peace, Dennis. Yes. Dennis, Dennis Carluzzo. And he actually passed away not too long after that photo was taken. Wow. Yeah. That was at the NWA Cauliflower Alley Club in uh, Cherry Hill, New Jersey in 99, Nikki. Okay. Surprised I wasn't there. Wow. Because I was running all over Jersey then. Oh, I know you were. <laughs> wow. I Myself and Jim Cornette. Oh. <laughs> There's a wild man. Jeez. Here's one for you. The original Pit Bulls. Gary Wolf and Anthony and uh, oh god, I forget the other guy's name. Oh, that's Mike. There's Johnny Hotbody back here. Yeah, but with the the face paint, that's Mike. Yes, King Kalua. Yeah. Yep. Sure is. Very good. I got. Um, you mentioned the Rock. Here's a young man. Back in the day. Whoop! Here you go. Very, very young at the time. Young man, Dwayne Johnson. Yes. Always a good, natured, cool guy. This guy, I can tell you, I took a picture of this guy because he had on a Bruno shirt. I told the guy how much I liked his shirt. Nikki, I swear to you. He went in the men's room, took his shirt off, and gave it to me. Oh. He honestly oh. did. He gave his um, he gave his shirt to me. Shirt off the back. How about that? Yeah, I got some other stuff to show. Where is it? Oh my God, where the hell is it? Very cool. Yeah, it's pretty interesting stuff. And, and Amelia, that's all we had back then for merchandise. Yeah. Maybe a T-shirt and a program. That was it. Yeah, I yeah. remember that they basically when I was uh, there, the rest all we had was like the eight by ten pictures and. We, they didn't even charge us back then to get autographs either. It's like, here, can, you, can I have an autograph or even a piece of paper we could find? They'd autograph it for us. Yeah, get an autograph now. It'll cost you $100. Oh, yeah. They, it's I, I remember, you know, we would see Bruno and people like that outside. They mm -hmm. would stop. Bob Backlund was the best, especially mm -hmm. at the Spectrum, coming and going. He would definitely, mm -hmm. if he say, I would mm -hmm. require everybody to ask, can I please have your autograph? And he said, mm -hmm. I would not turn down anybody. So, I remember my parents have one of uh, that I got from the Ultimate Warrior somewhere at the house. My parents' house somewhere. And I remember having one of Shawn Michaels. And I think I have one of Scott Casey somewhere. They have it all saved up somewhere in that in their house somewhere. I think she Here's got an that. autograph from Ultimate Warrior one time, didn't he? Yeah. <laughs> I did. I was like, I made sure to get that. That was all I got, and that's all I made sure to get. <laughs> this is uh, Kevin Nash. Oh, wow. My daughter was getting Kevin Nash's autograph. I stood right next to him side by side and took his picture, and he looked at me like, what the hell are you doing up on this stage? <laughs> and who let you up here, and why didn't you pay? But uh, you mentioned 
Amelia, just a moment ago. Uh-huh. Sean Michaels. Yes. Um, That's when I he was a nice guy. I actually have something to show you. Here it is. Here it is. Hot damn. That's when he, when he was a uh, short, short hair, Southwest Championship wrestling guy. Kind of, He was already starting out before, but I guess it was starting out again in the Southwest Championship wrestling. This was Shawn Michaels at the Spectrum with Big Daddy Cool Diesel, Kevin Nash. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. This is yep. when he started his cocky days. I, I got remember. right up to the ring. I, I, had, I was the... Second row from the ring, and that's uh, and I actually got like right up to the ring mm-hmm. that when you could back then, yeah, yeah. Now, I got now that the one. guardrail is like 30 feet away, mm-hmm. you can't get anywhere near it, yeah. But Nikita, oh man, it's always it's always walk down memory lane when you join me, mm-hmm. and uh, and I get invigorated and I get sad all at the same time because I want my. Old days back, and I, I yeah. want somebody to talk wrestling with. And it saddens me. That's the biggest thing, Nikki. It saddens me that I can't talk my love of wrestling with anyone because there's no really good wrestling anymore. No. I, I agree with you. I have the same problem. Yep. Yeah. There's a few. I, I don't know how people. I, I don't know how people, with all due respect to him, I don't know how people like Evan Ginsburg, who I know is a very dear friend of yours, and I, I, I say his name purposely, I don't know how Evan keeps his enthusiasm for the business. I really don't. He finds joy in some of the most, I think, mundane things, but he's a, a tried-and-true wrestling fan. i tell you why, because I've been with Evan. He loves music, art, because we did a couple of shows in the East Village over the years, non-wrestling, just right. different things, you know. And oh, sure. you're gonna find art you're going to find in the East Village, believe me. It's as, as wild as it can be. They talk about pop art. This is poop art. This is crazy stuff, man. But, yeah. it's, you know, it was a cool experience. So Evan can pull out the artistic in just about anything. You mm-hmm. know, yeah. he is on top of what's happening today. Yeah, but me no, no thanks. Not interested. Yeah, I mean, uh, I, I'm into. I, I'm probably this. The interesting thing, the strange thing, actually, is that I'm probably more like Evan than he even realizes. Because I love artsy fartsy stuff. I really do. I love the um, the avant garde. I love the the nouveau riche. Um, I love the East Village. I haven't been there in. Years, years, literally. Um, you know, Greenwich Village, Soho. You mm-hmm. know, I haven't been to, to the villages in forever. But Evan used to be on WBAI out of New York City with a guy named Fred Giable. Fred, God yeah. rest his soul's past one. And they would bring in indie musicians. And yeah. give them an opportunity to be heard. And a lot of people caught on from that. And it was like. Well, yeah, brother. I'm telling you. I, I, I know. Trust me. I worked for the Joe Franklin show. Oh, back beautiful. in the day. You know, I was an associate producer for the Joe Franklin show way back when, you know, as an, an apprentice associate producer. I was learning, still learning the television business back then. But this was. And. One in the morning, you know, but it didn't matter. Like they say, the city never sleeps. So we would go do the show live. Yeah. We all crammed into the studio, you know, doing our stuff. And, and yeah. then we go to, to uh, Chinatown and have good to eat, you know, have a nice. Beautiful- and there was there was Chinese food to be ate till four o'clock in the morning, man. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> day. yeah. I miss my corned oh, beef and man, cabbage this what. year. <laughs> I love it when Nikita Brezhnikov comes to visit. We had mm-hmm. a. Wrestling salute to St. Patty's Day. Mm-hmm. A lot of my my Irish friends. <laughs> oh yeah. So, uh, Amelia, what what's yeah. coming up for wrestling with the future? What we got going on? Let's see, oh, we got coming up. Let's see, I have that written down because <laughs> you told me to. No, just kidding. Yes, he's not that bossy. <laughs> <I'm> bossy. <laughs> Sugar shit, you know that. 
<laughs> no, we got Gary O'Hannon coming up. And yes, then we've got Python week. Greg Gilbert coming up. Yep, absolutely. Yes. Yes, next week Nikita will be here with um with David Johan, and we're going to go mm -hmm. back to old school. Mm -hmm. And I get to reminisce once again with my buddies. Yes. Boy, that's gonna be a beaut too. And I get to learn some more. <laughs> and what's that? Well, I get to learn some more. Yes, absolutely. From three <laughs> old farts. <laughs> With Navy, for sure, because that guy, I mean, he is the uh, heart and soul of what these arenas, if they could talk, you know. Mm -hmm. Navy's got the Amen, message. brother. I'll tell yes. you what. I love me some Davy O'Hannon. He's mm -hmm. a great guy. Yes. He really, really is. He's a hell of a guy. And, uh, and Amelia, you'll get to meet him for the first time next week. Uh, Absolutely. Great, great guy. I'm going to speak to him probably Tuesday. Mm -hmm. To remind him about Thursday, because if you don't, Davey's a great, but he forgets. Yeah, we're gonna hopefully, forget. hopefully we well, get to schedule Johnny Ray soon. <laughs> behind, luckily I was here. It's like and that's a pride, listen. Nikki's always on time. Mm -hmm. I said Nikita's always on time. Yeah. Crazy. yeah hopefully we we'll get to schedule Johnny Ray again soon, and then we'll have uh, Mark uh, Sotkin coming up soon. Mark Sotkin will be here. April the 5th, Mark Sotkin was the producer and writer mm -hmm. of The Golden Girls. He was a writer on Laverne and Shirley, mm -hmm. um, among many television shows and film. Mm -hmm. um, his credits are, he's actually coming back for the third time mm -hmm. on our show. Uh, he's been here twice before and always a really interesting guest and mm -hmm. always filled with stories. And, um, I'm going to try and get him to tell some Betty White stories. You know, we just lost Betty White. Yeah. And uh, and I'm going to get, I'm going to try and get Mark to talk a little bit about Betty. And, and you, you yourself will be interviewed very soon about the show. I will be interviewed by, it's uh, Nikita, you might be interesting in, in this. Um, I'm, I think, uh, in fact, after we're off the air, uh, don't go anywhere. I'm talking about something. Um, sure. Slasher Scotty uh, will be interviewing me on April 15th for his podcast. He is a horror film director and producer. He has a film company, um, and I should know this, and I don't have it in front of me, damn it, um, but I will get it for you. Um, Slasher Scotty, check him out. on His name is Scott McCoy. Check him out on Facebook, Slasher Scotty's Films. And I will be his guest on April 15th on his podcast. Um, thank you again to Greg Gilbert for setting that one up. And thank you, Greg, for uh, hooking me up with Ariel Toombs, Roddy Piper's daughter. Mm -hmm. She will be on the show in a couple of weeks. Uh, fascinating young lady. I can't wait to sit down and talk to her. Nikki, do you have something to promote? Anything you want to you want to tell people about? Any new films coming out? Not yet. I'm good right now, but when the time is right, I'll let everybody know. Fabulous. Amelia, anything to promote? Your social just, media? Tell everybody. Just uh, You can reach me at Amelia Valerio Chapman on Facebook uh, or aachap70 at gmail.com or here right. with you on Tuesday and Thursday nights. You will absolutely be with me every Tuesday and Thursday. We have a new show called What's the Buzz? Mm -hmm. And it's an interesting show, Nikki. If you've never seen it, what's the buzz? Is not a wrestling show. It's um, a, a a current events, politics, uh, what's happening in the news, um, kind of a smorgasbord of everything except wrestling. And so that's what's the buzz. And we've got some really interesting guests. We're, we're actually going to, if we're allowed to do it. We're not. I don't know if I'm allowed to do it yet, but if it comes to pass. We will be interviewing Frank Citro, Frankie Citro, the man called Little Frankie C. He is barred from every casino in the world, <laughs> literally. He is not allowed in any casino anywhere in the world. Frankie Citro is a uh, former mob figure uh, associated with the um, <laughs> not Las Vegas uh, Casino Gaming Board. Uh, I guess they call it the casino control board um and he has been banned for life from every casino in nevada and and the door, they know you're walking in the door 
every camera is on you. So that, I, uh, that's Frankie. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'd be interested in that show for political things, and because with the twenty-seven years I did with Baltimore Police, I was on the yeah. inside. Yeah, um, Amelia never knew politics. that about you, Amelia. Mm-hmm. Nikita mm-hmm. was um, was a, a Baltimore City police officer and detective. Oh, awesome! You're I almost, retired uh, detective now, Nikki. You still working? Yeah, as a detective? I'm retired. I don't do any of that anymore. I almost studied. I went to. I almost went to school to study forensics. Isn't that funny? <laughs> yeah, she was. She was going to go to school for law enforcement and forensics. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, we could have almost- a Talk about politics. D-R-I, it's all the same bullshit. They don't care. <laughs> they just care about the green stuff. That's it. Yeah. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. You and I are just like dog shit on their shoes. They scrape us mm-hmm. off and move on. Mm-hmm. Well, on, on that note, um, kudos to my friend Nikki Bresnikov, Nikita. He you is the it, author bro. of When It Was Real. Yes. And... Uh, for my co-host, Amelia Chapman, Amelia Firecracker Chapman, I am Mad Dog Decipio saying take care, goodbye, we love you, and we'll see you next time on Wrestling with the Future. Take Thank care, you. everybody. Good night. Bye-bye. Good night. Good night.